Hey guys, I'm Allie Moresco, and I'm here with my co-host, Cindy Lufred, and this is Slightly Spiritual. Are you curious about dipping your toe into the realm of spirituality, but not ready to drop $1,000 on crystals? We have got you. Grab your adult beverage of choice and join spiritual medium, Cindy Lufred, and health advocate, Allie Moresco, for unfiltered, soulful conversations with a healthy dose of wine, curiosity, and laughter, of course. Grounded in a passion for genuine human connections, we will discuss the good, bad, ugly, and the odd around all things wellness, spiritual, and woo-woo with each other and our occasional guest. We aim to bring modern spirituality into your daily routine to help empower your life. Spoiler alert, we are all slightly spiritual. Hi guys, and welcome back to Slightly Spiritual. So we started recording this episode a little bit differently because Cindy's peeps, aka her guides, Tracy's people on the other side were literally screaming at her like right away. So we just jumped right into channeling. Um, So today I am so excited because we have a very close friend on, an amazing female girl boss, a Lyme warrior, um, a spiritual goddess, um, Tracy Weintraubon, who is the founder of Gracefully Fed, based in LA. She has a national, um, essentially a soup delivery service and storefront, and um, Cindy channels her loved ones, and there's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful messages that come through that I think are meant for each and every listener today. So if you hear something and you're like, oh my God, that resonates with my situation, it is meant for you. So bear with us on this little bit of a different opening and um, enjoy. So poor Cindy, normally what happens now is like whether it's an IG live, whether it's a podcast recording, whether it's a Q&A that she does, like whatever it is, it's so interesting because like her guides know before, or like even your guides know, like before we know, like here. So like sometimes a day, even like two days in advance, people will start coming into her and they won't belong to anybody in her sessions. So normally when we start this or when we do like an IG live, we'll start and she'll have like a slew of names that she's like, I have these names. Do they go to anyone? Um, Yeah. And it's like, it's always like really interesting. And I warned her yesterday that you like very loosely knew Casey Passon because I thought for sure Casey, because normally Casey bugs her all the time. So I was kind of like waiting for it, but it didn't, it didn't happen. Today, I think cause so. we said something about it. That maybe. <laughs> she oh, kind of was like, okay, well, I used well, to I never met her. you know, I never met her. I, um, uh, Johnny Immerman, who does the nonprofit Immerman's angels yeah. put me in touch with her because he knows a, such a, such an enormous amount of people who have Lyme disease, who have, are chronically ill, who have cancer. And so he put me in touch with her because she also, I want to say she was involved with food and yes. all this stuff. And so we started talking and I never knew that she was Matt Passon's sister who I went to college with, who I was friendly with. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah. And right. so um, ultimately I just thought she, her emails were so nice, especially like in the beginning of my journey and like trying to figure it all out. She was just really, really nice. And so when I when I put two and two together of what happened, I'm a little, I was like shocked, yeah. like, oh my God. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, indirectly, like I know that's what ended up connecting us and was not the tragedy it was meant to be, but you and I were meant to be connected in some way, like absolutely 
was through. So I remember the first time I talked to you on the phone, we talked for like an hour and a half and it was like pretty soon after she passed. And I remember like a lot, we talked a lot about her and a lot about Johnny Emmerman, like her impact and because she was a chef before she got sick. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I remember that and I, I mean, I just remember her being so nice and, um, that is, that's so funny that that may be what brought me to you, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, she's still here. I feel her all the time. <laughs> that's good. Cindy, she comes to me in blue lights. So like whenever I'm just like talking to no one, like in my room or like whatever I'm doing, I see a blue light and I'm like, I know, I know what you're here to tell me. <laughs> like, I I like I get nervous about that. Cause I do believe like, you know, you, you have people around you, but I'm like, there are certain times I'm like, I don't necessarily want you around me. Like, I don't want you to see what I'm doing. Yeah. I get out of my shower. Like, I'm fine. Like, so I've been starting to explain this. I don't think I've done this yet for the podcast. I've been starting to explain how your loved ones are seeing you or with you as like a Zoom meeting. Because like, mm. you know, you can see, you know, up to 20 or 40 or whatever, how many squares on your screen at one time. Right. And you can interact and connect and communicate and talk with all of them. But, you know, the other person could turn off their screen or mute themselves. And that would set the boundary of like, okay, you don't want that loved one around you. Right. So I've been using zoom as the way to explain, like, that's how your loved ones see you and can be with like all your family members at one time. It's like on a zoom meeting, you can see all your family if they're in different spots. And you get to decide if you don't want to talk to that loved one anymore. You can just turn off your screen and mute your, mute your sound. And then you don't right. hear them. <laughs> so I'm curious for Tracy and maybe a little bit for myself. Not that I want you to go away, Casey or grandpa. Ed, I love having you around me. That's not what I'm saying. Um, if somebody's around and you're like, okay, I like don't want to talk right now. Or like, I'm not open for this right now. How do you put that barrier up? Literally just setting that intention of saying, I need my space. And, mm. and I would also say just surrounding and protecting yourself in a white light of, mm -hmm. and just saying, this is just for me. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I need some time and space just to process on my own. And that mm -hmm. is all you need to do. Interesting. It, they're, I mean, they're very respectful is what I found. So. Okay. I'll take it. I, it's weird. Also. I mean, for me, so I, I find comfort in certain things. So like, and it's materialistic things, you know, like necklaces and whatever. Yeah. Like I, I was telling Cindy, like most of my jewelry is from either somebody giving it to me, superstition, like my loved ones passing or whatever. But so during the pandemic, my mom, I'm going to get like, I'm going to get emotional, but my mom sent me, let me, let me preface. So I had this blanket when I stayed at my grandparents' house and uh, it was like this my grandmother was like, I'm going to set up a sleeping bag for you. It was a blanket. She just folded in half, but it's like the most comfortable blanket you've ever like laid in. Okay. It was like the most comfortable. So after she passed, I found it like, um, like we were cleaning out their apartment or whatever. And I found it and I was like crying. And my dad's like, you could have the blanket. Like you could have the blanket if you want the blanket. And so I took the blanket and I have it at my parents' house. Like this whole time, like I moved to LA, like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so during the pandemic, I don't know if it was like for my birth, I think it was for my birthday. It was, I turned 40 this year and my mom sent me the blanket and I opened the box and I literally just saw it. And I just started like bawling, like hysterically crying. And you're so isolated during this pandemic. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep with this blanket. It's like a comforter. It's like a, the ugliest red comforter with blue flowers. It's so comfortable. And I started sleeping with, and there's some sort of like comfort in that, like, and Safe, like safety. Like I'm like, I'm actually, I feel safe. 
And I'm like, I, I don't know if she's with me or not, but like you feel safe. So I also have, that's one item from my, grand, my, my grandmother, but my grandfather had this cardigan that he always used to wear and I took it. So when he passed, I took it. And I always wore it. It actually became like stylish, like oversized <laughs> cardigans, right? Yeah. So at my brother's wedding, my dad picked me up and we're driving to the hotel. And he's like, well, you're wearing the biggest sweater. I go, dad, it's Gramps' <laughs> sweater. He's like, why are you wearing that? So he's like, oh, it's Gramps. And my dad was very, very close with my grandfather. And I was like, I get compliments on it all the time. He's like, no, we don't. And I'm like, no, I, I do. I get like, I wear it all the time. I get compliments. We go to her hotel and I honestly think this was my grandfather being like, shut up, you know, like we go to the hotel and the first thing the concierge woman says to my dad, to me in front of my dad is, I really love your sweater. Where did you get it? And I'm like, oh my God. And my dad just looked at me like in full disbelief. Like it brought him, I think it brought him so much happiness, <laughs> like that there was some, you know, yeah. and I was just like, it's weird how those items can mm. like, trigger and like I, I mean that wasn't me that was like this one it was it was almost like my grandfather was there being like yeah she's right she does get compliments all the time she's not lying to you but my, it was like made my dad really happy in that moment and I just find so much comfort in those like things I know we're supposed to look at memories and stuff but having those like yeah. items are really special it's like the know. items that are attached to the memories yeah yeah I, I think sometimes those are my signs, like, you know, yeah. like, oh yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think they, they come to us and you obviously know better than I do in many, many different ways. Like, I, I don't think they're limited. You know well, what I mean? I, what I teach or share with my clients is it's not so much that the item, you know, has their energy or whatever, but it's that you place a lot of value mm -hmm in that item and so then your loved ones because they want to let you know they're around they want to let you know they're still with you and they love you and they're watching over you so they're going to choose something that and is of significance to you so if right. you place value in that cardigan then yes your grandfather's gonna find a way to come through and share messages around the cardigan whether it's a compliment or you know someone making fun or whatever right so i think sometimes it's not it's not that their energy's in it or whatever or the memories but it's like you place value in it so they're going to use things that are valuable to you to communicate and share messages right yeah. so because it could be jewelry it could be a photo it could be a sweater it could be a, a coat it could be a blanket you know it could really be anything but it's because you're placing value in it so they're going to use that because it means something to you it resonates with you because yeah. they could yeah they could I, I will say though to bring it back to the initial question I I you know I remove the blanket from my bed if I need to. Like, I don't need my grandmother in my bed yeah. when there are things happening there. Exactly. Yes. You know? Exactly. Like, right. You could stay somewhere else for now. Boundaries. You in the closet. <laughs> Isn't that like in a show, like the the proposal and oh, they really? have a baby making blanket? Have you guys seen this? Yes. No. Okay. Wait, I'm in like, a proposal with Ryan Reynolds and, and uh, Tandra Bullock. Bullock. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Betty White. And Betty White, okay. yes. And she brings in the baby maker and she puts it on the bed and it's this old blanket and they're like, oh, and they like throw it off the bed because Sandra Bullock's like, I don't want this. And it's <laughs> exactly. No, there's no need for that right now here. Yeah. She's exactly. like, there's no need for that. Of course, that's when they're faking the proposal in the beginning. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> now I'm going to have to watch this movie. They're fake proposals. If you, ha if you have to, yeah. If you don't know what the movie's about, uh, now you do. Now you do. <laughs>
I think I bought a long time ago and I just I don't remember most things there's literally a blanket like that that their grandmothers or grandmothers made or whatever and brought it and it's a baby making like blanket so anyways yeah that's what that reminded me of but dear god no thank you (laughs) I don't know I probably shouldn't even say this on here and it has nothing to do with but it reminds me of so my husband's family is like very catholic like devoutly religious and after DJ and I got engaged, his grandfather sat us down and gave us a book on the Catholic guide to sex. And it was one of the most uncomfortable moments of literally of my entire life. I would say it might be like the most uncomfortable moment. That is is probably the most amazing thing I've ever heard. That's, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall while you were getting handed that book. Like, like, I don't even know what planet I'm living on right now where like, this is okay. But yeah, like these 80 year olds, they just do whatever they want. They give you baby making blankets, they give yeah. you books. Yeah, like, they don't care. No, oh they Oh my God. I, that would make me so of, uncomfortable. Like oh I, God. it was actually, yeah, it was extremely, extremely. I try to bury that like deep, deep. See, this is the shit with line brain that I'm like, why can't I forget this? Why <laughs> right, I forget right. anything else? I forget, it, every, I forget everything. And the random shit that I remember, like the things that I remember from like yeah. when I was little or like the, the random like pop-ups, I'm like, yeah. what? Like, why? Like, because I can't remember my day to day. Like I have literally like three books going with lists oh, yeah. and like, it's like a crazy person. Cause like I've written the same thing down four times. I'm like, I'll never remember if I don't write it down. Hey, it's I, that's why poor Cindy gets like voice dictated notes from me. Like all, cause I don't sleep at night. I'm like a total insomniac. And like, I'll think of something like at one o'clock and like send like a voice dictation <laughs> or I'll forget. But like I do these for myself. Like I write, if I don't put it note in my phone or whatever, I'm going to forget about it. So like, I don't think, I mean, yes, I understand there's a portion of it that is line, but I also think we need to normalize that like our brains are not meant to be functioning at these high yes capacity on all the time at some point it's going to start to like do like I need a break and it's just going to like stop working so I also think we need to normalize like yes. we should we don't need we need be, breaks we yeah. need breaks we need I breaks. think I was I was right bef- before the pandemic I I started to get to a good place with that because I was like so immersed in work like I was so like I got a soup I got to do and you know like I was super like so excited and we were growing and and all I was was working and then I met this person and he basically kind of was like no like we could he would be like let's go to the beach and I'd be like it's like two o'clock and I'm like he's like so and he's like let's just I'm like I don't know traffic and blah blah and I have to do he's like let's just go and so I met this person who kind of put me in the path of oh right like you could take a break you could relax you could be happy you can enjoy yourself and it was great. Like, you know, we started, I started going on hikes again, like doing things that like took me away from just work. The pandemic put me right back to the place of just go, 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 go. Like just work, work, work. And now I'm like, oh my God, I need to find that balance again. And it's like so hard um, to do. Cause like, I feel like all I'm doing is work, 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 work. But if I didn't do that during the pandemic, I think I would have lost my mind. Yeah. It it was like a blessing and a curse almost. You know, I think a lot of, you know, you just did what you had to do during the pandemic and you did what you had to do to stay like semi mentally sane. Yeah. Totally understand that. And it is hard and it's hard 
because it happens like I I feel like as far as like the work stuff goes or at least for myself like it happens very gradually that I get so swept up into it Mm -hmm. and like that's part of why DJ and I went to Park City last week because I just was like a sick anxious like mess again and I was like I need to like get back to my center and like rebalance and like I, I definitely like I feel like I did that like all I did was like meditate but you know, it just is one of those things where it happens, it like sneaks up on you. And then you're like, oh my God, you know, like, I'm like, there's no reason to feel this way. I have no reason to feel this way. So like, what's wrong with you? And like, what's wrong with me in my own head? Yeah. It's easy, you know, especially if you're already an anxious freak like me. So yeah, well, I'm right there with you. I'm not gonna lie. And each other. Um, Okay. Now that I'm off this tangent though, I want to back up for a second because so before for everybody listening, before we started recording, Tracy was talking about how Um, you mentioned that you're Cuban and this, I don't want to say that this is like very normalized in your family, but like, I feel like I talked to so many people where they're like, oh no, I didn't find spirituality until like my late twenties or my thirties or like when I could kind of like think for myself. So I want to hear from you, like, is spirituality something that was like always encouraged or like normalized or like, how did you dip your toe in? How did you get into this? I think it was my mom. I mean, my mom, my, my, what my mom always says is that my grandmother had feelings. My aunt had it too. She doesn't, my mom doesn't, she said. And, um, I had lost a friend of mine when I was 12 years old. Like we went to camp together. He was my neighbor. And I remember like, it was like so traumatic. You're 12. You don't really understand a loss. And he died right in front of our house. And it was like, you know, it was very, it was very surreal for a little kid. When I look back, I'm like, oh my God, it was a baby. I mean, it was a baby. And so I remember saying to my mom that I was seeing shadows. Like I always felt like somebody was like following me and it scared me a lot. And so my mom's like, it's time. And she took me to this, um, she took me to this psychic this little old woman who like had a room in a house in Queens and we went and um, she only spoke Spanish. And um, my mom was like translating on a piece of paper and she, she, um, you know, was kind of just like doing her thing. And then she was reading my hand, but she was like looking past me. And basically what my mom starts crying and what she had said to me was something along the lines that there was a little boy watching over me. And so and my, and she said something like, does she know a little boy? And like, my mom was like hysterical crying and I'm not understanding what they're saying. And so I'm like, what's happening? Am I going to die? Like what's going on? And so I still have that piece of paper actually somewhere. I think I still have it that my mom wrote down. I mean, I'm, I, we went when I was like 15, I think. And so from then on, I always kind of believed in it. And I, like I said, like part of it is you know, when you lose somebody, you want hope that you're going to reconnect with them. And so I'd never, fully knew if it, if it, if it was that, or if I fully truly believed that people felt things. But as I got older, I started, I started believing it. I mean, I remember my grandmother got sick and she was in the hospital and me, my aunt and my mom and my grandfather went to go get something to eat. Cause we were like all there for a long time. I was maybe 20 years old. And my aunt like dropped her fork in her knife. She goes, let's go. We got to go. We have to go back to the hospital. And sure enough, my, I think my grandmother had another heart attack. Like she just felt it. Like, I don't know if that's like, you know, a motherly thing or like you just feel like something's wrong or, but I do, I do think that you sense those things, you know, like um, the only time that I've ever done that was I I went out with my friend Kim and we were going out and I was in the shower and I was singing 
and the shower door just like closed. And I remember thinking something's off. And I said to Kim, I feel like something bad is going to happen. Like, and she was like, all right, let's get drunk. We were like, whatever. So we went out, we got drunk. And the next day I was hungover. My phone was off. I had like 20 calls and my grandfather had passed away. So like, I think sometimes you feel it. And then I, you know, but that could be anything. Um, You know, you, I don't know. So yeah. So it was like when I was little and my mom's very superstitious. And so, you know, I wear things to fly. I wear things like when I'm going in for surgery or like when I'm in the hospital, like I, you know, wear things that I feel like whoever is given them to me are with me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I do believe in it. Like, you know, even to a point where when I was in the thick of Lyme, I had, I was in excruciating pain for two years in my lower right quadrant. I was in excruciating pain and two things happened. One, I went to a medium and what they, she said was to write questions on a piece of paper, but don't ask her any of them, just put it in your pocket. And so I did. And my first question was, should I have surgery? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I kind of was like already going to do the surgery. Like I was just in, I was in pain all of the time and, and, and on the floor. I, I mean, I remember my mom calling and I was ex- like laying on the kitchen floor and, and she was like, are you okay? And I actually said, no, I think you need to come out to LA. Like it was just that bad. And as I was leaving that session and it was a great session, she connected with somebody with me and that was great. But as I was leaving, she said, by the way, don't get the surgery. And I ultimately got the surgery. And I always say it was one of the worst things I've ever done because the pain became 10 times worse. Um, and then, and when I plateaued, see, this is where I'm like, oh my God, this, I become so LA. But when I plateaued for, for Lyme, where like, I've tried every treatment. I did ozone, UVLRX, I herbals, antibiotics, all that stuff. And I'm like, I should be better. Like I should be better at this point. Um, my Pilates instructor said to me, I think you should go to my friend. He's a healer. And I'm like, no, like I'm a New Yorker. I don't do this shit. Like, but yeah, I believe in mediums and I believe in psychics, but I'm not going to a fucking healer. Like that's what my mindset was. Right. And he's like, just go one time. It helped me. Like when my sister passed, like it really helped me. And I'm like, at that point you try anything. Like if you're trying earthing and you're trying essential oils, you're going to a healer. Like you just want to get better. So at that point, um, I had seen my surgeon and I didn't tell my parents this. I didn't tell my sister. I kept this as a big secret because I was so embarrassed by it. But I, the only person I said this to was my surgeon. I said, I think I want to go ahead with the surgery. And she's like, are you sure? And I started crying and I said, I need you to dig whatever it is in me out because I'm sleeping with a nightlight on like I'm 12 because I'm afraid I'm going to die in my sleep. Yeah. And she was like, okay. And we booked the surgery. So I went to the healer and he's like laying down. He's asked me questions like blah, 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 blah. And he's very positive and smiley and all these things. And he, we have the whole session. I passed out. I was like, oh, this is actually very relaxing. I passed out. I woke up and he goes, why do you sleep with the lights on? And I, it blew my mind and I've been seeing him ever since. And he's become such a positive force in my life. Like he's so, he's changed my, I think my mental state. He has 
got me out of patterns that um, negative patterns. He's taken a lot of the toxicity out of my thoughts. Um, he's really helped me propel in my health so much so. But it was like that one session that one, and he doesn't do that every session. It's not like he says things that like are like mind blowing every, he said it that one time. And you know, and I, I was like, how, like, how, did you read that online somewhere? Did I post it? Did yeah. somebody see that? You know, like, how do you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in it. I, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a thing for sure. You and I are like eerily similar. Cause I, I mean, I still, I sleep with, it's right behind you. I sleep with a Himalayan salt lamp on, even though I have DJ and scout, but I've literally always, and since I was little, it's not a recent thing, but I literally used to sleep with the lights on. And I, it's funny because that's how Cindy and I met. I started seeing Cindy um, because she did aura photography at one of my Lyme galas here. And then finally I was like, okay, like something is just not jiving. Like something is not clicking. Like, like you just said, like I'm doing it all. I'm trying so hard. And like, sure enough, I started working with you, what, like a little over two years ago now? Yeah. And I, I knock wood. I feel like it's like seriously been like a major piece of like my puzzle. And it's so hard because you can't talk about it with everybody because no, yeah. not everyone, even if they believe in it, they're like, oh, well, you're going to seek guidance for like something like health. And I'm like, hell yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I totally understand it. And I think when you have a degree of spirituality, you actually see things in a different light. And one of the things that my healer has said to me, which I love is because so many of us with Lyme disease, um, fear is such a big part of our lives. Yeah. Um, mainly because you have this trauma of going to all these doctors who basically say, you know, no, you're fine. You know? And like, then it's fear, like no one's going to believe you. It's fear. You're going to get worse. It's fear. You're never going to get better. So it's just fear, 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 fear. And one of the biggest fears for me was like, I'm never going to have kids. You know, I, I've come to terms with that. That might be an actual thing for me and I'm okay. You know, when I, when I was told that when I was 35, it, it broke me, you know, like it, it floored me. Like I had, a, I, and you can't verbalize that to your sister or your brother who are both having children. Like, you know, you don't want them to feel bad about their journeys. And I really love my nieces and nephews so much. So like, but for me, I came to terms with that like a while ago. And, um, you know, when I bring it up to my healer, I was like, you know, you know, I might not have kids and like that, that's upsetting and this and that. And the way that he explained it to me, I just like love how he said this. He said, if fear was a person, not like a, not like a thing that we talk about, not like, you know, just there, if fear was an actual person and fear came up to you and said, you know what, Tracy, you're never going to have kids. What would you say to that person? Yeah. I would say, fuck you. Like, cause he's, and he was just like, because you still have hope that you might. Yeah. And so if like, that's your personality, like you don't let anyone tell you what to do or this and that. So why are you letting fear control you? If you don't let other in real life, if a person came up to you and said, I'm going to do this, this, and this, you're not like, why would you ever listen to that person? You would cut them out of your life. And so the way that he explained that to me, I'm like, I use it for everything now, mm -hmm. you know, cause if it was a person who came up to me and said, you're never going to fall in love. You're never going to have kids. You're never going to have those things. I'd be like, I, I am, it's yeah. going to happen. Fuck you. You know what I mean? And I, and I, don't think a therapist or a psychiatrist or a friend could put that in those terms in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yes, I totally agree. And 
it's, well, yeah. I say, ahead. I was say, I say this to my clients and not about fear, but I love using it for fear. I mean, like, I'm going to, I wrote it down. Cause I was like, oh my God, this is gold. <laughs> but I say this too, as well about, um, individuals in your life. Like if your mm-hmm. mom, who's like triggering you or stressing you out, or maybe it's like a, you know, a spouse or whatever, a mother-in-law, you know, if that was just a stranger on the street that came up to you and told you things about like, well, you should be doing this differently. And I don't like the way you're raising my grandchild, blah, 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 blah. You tell them to go F off. If it was just some stranger on the street. So like, why are you letting some one person just because of the title that they have in your life dictate what you do with your life? They're still just the person They're They're just, a, they're just the person. I don't care what title they have. If they are not treating you with the respect you deserve, then don't take to heart what they're saying. They don't, I don't care who they are in your life. They're they're, they should be treated like a stranger with the same energy that they're giving towards you is what you should put in what they're saying, which is if it's something that's not resonating or something that's not true for you, then yeah, yeah step off, you know, like you should, we shouldn't put so much weight and like what a doctor says or therapist or whatever, whoever it is. Yeah. Right. That's play, we place so much power outside of ourselves. And I think that's what your healer is saying. Like, don't place that so much power and fear. Don't give it that. Yeah. Don't give it that. Yeah. You know, which is it's such a hard thing to do because no matter what you kind of revert back to it Mm -hmm. um i i'm i'm guilty of that like you revert back to it you know like when when you have a shitty date you're like oh fuck i am never gonna find this guy like i'm not gonna find this guy that i've been dreaming of and this and that i'm like i just had the worst date you know like i had the worst conversation with this person or like whatever but then on the flip side of it it's like if I was still stuck in that lime hole of negativity, my, my whole, my whole being wouldn't be the same where right now I'm just like, I'm happy. I'm happy with my life. And if that person comes great, but if he doesn't, I'm, I'm okay. I've been okay this whole time, but that's a hard thing. Cause you, you, your old patterns, your old, you kind of slip in and like, it just takes so much of like your new person to be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm fine, dude. Like I've been fine. Like that's how I, that's how I feel about this whole year. I'm like, it's been the toughest year of my life and I've been healthy, ironically, knock on wood. And, but I've been isolated. I've been alone. I've been without my family and I've worked harder in this year than I have in 17 years of television, waiting tables, like whatever the case may be. And I just keep being, if I get through this, I could just be like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I did it. And I'm saying like, fuck you to like my own doubt, like my own, my own insecurities. Um, because I, you know, I put one foot in front of the other. So I'm like proud of myself for that. We are our own, our own worst enemies sometimes. Yeah. And it, it's hard because it takes like how you were saying, like sometimes you revert back and I, I struggle with that. it's like you have to constantly do the work and be so cognizant of it. And like, I have sometimes where like, I get kind of comfortable and I'm like, oh, I feel good. Like things are not good. Things are going well, like whatever it is. And then if I don't keep doing my spiritual work or my meditation or seeing my psychologist or whatever it is, then I I revert back and I'm like, well, now I have to do it all over again. (laughs) I think there's like a fine line too, because like that person that I was talking about before who got me out of my work mode, yeah. was also is, he was also very big on like that he was spiritual and I'm doing I'm doing um air quotes because I think when you're like a when you claim that you're you're when you deem yourself spiritual without yeah. I don't know I just feel like hmm, what 
who like let somebody else say you're spiritual like he would always say things like you know you have to love yourself and do you love yourself and i'm like dude i love myself more than anyone i know like i think I'm tell you how much i love myself and my body for what it did for me <laughs> like right like i've overcome shit i'm happy like all that stuff so when somebody's like telling me how spiritual i need to be i'm like Mm, back the fuck up. Like when somebody says you're not inviting things in, I'm like, I'm inviting it all in. I am more open now than I was prior to being sick and you know, all that stuff. So I like when I, so for me, like when somebody, and that happens a lot too, I, I would assume that this happens. Like it happens a lot when I'm dating, when I finally say to somebody, I have Lyme disease. I have a lot of people telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing which I just sit and you have to almost be kind because people don't know and they're good intentions. But I did go on a date like this summer and the guy was like, have you tried meditating? Cause you know, a lot of things is like really mind related. And I'm like, I have tried meditating. And then he sent me, um, he sent me like the five stages of spirituality. It was like a book or something. I was like, thank you. And I just wrote back. Thank you so much. I'm never fucking calling you again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't like, say you don't that. think I've tried at all. Right. And so I think people, it's almost, you're either, I think they're like, my healer is spiritual and I love his guidance. And then you have people who say they're spiritual and it's like pretentious. And you're just like, no, do you know what I mean? That's literally why we started this because yeah. we just got like Cindy and I basically, so Cindy lives alone. So she quarantined with my family, a lot of the pandemic. So she wasn't alone. And we'd have these like really deep, like very woo woo conversations, like late at night, like every single weekend. And then when we started like looking into like the other people talking and it, it almost felt like they were like preaching at you, which is like, not what it should be about. It should be like, whatever you, spirituality should be, whatever you want it to be. Like, who am I, or who are like any of us to tell somebody else, like what they should and shouldn't be doing. And same for wine treatment. Like what works for me might not work. You and I have had this conversation. What works yeah. for me might not work for you. So I like, I can't get on a soapbox and be like, well, you need to do this, 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 and this, and then do these five pillars of meditation. Like that's what it was. It was five pillars. Go fuck myself five or say that. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing is like, I'm open to other people's spirituality as I was that person, not the date this summer, the guy prior to the pandemic, I was so open to it because I, I found it to be endearing and he was really invested. But as soon as it became projecting onto me, I was like, don't, don't tell me how I am. Like, you know, like, it's, it's not, I'm not asking for it. Like, whereas I specifically go to a healer and I'm asking for guidance, it's different, you know? So I don't project my views. I would never say to somebody like, no guys, I saw a shadow when I was 15 years old. Yeah. There, there are ghosts. Know it all. Yeah. You know, like you can't, I feel like there, you can't be like that, but I, you know, everybody's different, but I, I, yeah, I, I embrace it. But I also, when somebody's coming at you with what, how you should be, and you're not asking for it, I'm like, back off. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like that saying, because you remember that saying, 
I think I'm saying it right, but money talks, but wealth whispers. Yes. And it's the same thing in yes. the spiritual world. Like the people who are trying to like be trendy and in yeah. influencing and whatever, they're going to shout it, right? They're yeah. going to talk about it. The people who are truly spiritual and healers are kind of whispering it. Like they want you to find them or you, or you yeah. figured out, or they usually yeah. I wait to be invited or for the conversation to be started before I go announcing what I do, because it's just not, yeah. if they don't yeah. care, they don't care. Like, you know what I mean? So I just think it's, that's how you can kind of tell not that it's an always a guarantee but yeah well i'm sure for you now if you come up and you're at a dinner party and some and you say i'm a medium like people are just automatically i mean in my group of friends would automatically think you have an e-cigarette and like yelling at kyle (laughs) richards like Uh, yes exactly exactly and i I love when we're talking about i actually was so curious about dating with you and i know lime and and being a medium are not the same thing but i find that being a spiritual medium is like a non-starter and at one point i was like i've tried everything right i like didn't put it on my Instagram, not my Instagram. I didn't put it on like my dating profile and like would tell them like three dates in and they'd like ghost me. And then I would lead with it and they would like not want to date me because they were like, oh, she's weird. So I'm like still trying to figure out the right time to tell someone like what, what I do for a career. But I feel like it's the same thing with like something like a chronic illness. It's like, when do you tell someone what you're, what's happening or what's this big piece of your life? And again, it's not your only identity, right? Like you are your own person outside of that, but it is a, big part of your life you can't ignore it so like when do you tell people I now I I, now I say fuck it like when I first was sick and things like that because I was still in it like I was like oh shit I got to take a salt pill because I might collapse I was like you know I'm not telling anyone if I collapse they'll be like holy shit what happened but no now it's like a memorable date (laughs) right now I'm just like, I actually was at the hospital one time and an older couple were on their first date and we were in the waiting room together and she was so embarrassed. She's like, this is a terrible first date. She was like 80 years old. I'm like, it's fine. You're fine. And I, it was great. But like all ordained and marry right here. Oh my God. How cute is that? Really they were both comforting me. Cause like, I was like, ah! like crying in pain and they were, they were the best. And then it, it was, but I, um, and that again makes you hopeful because they're 80 years old. They're going yeah. on for the states and you know, everyone's looking for love. But um yeah. I lead with I don't lead with it, but if it people ask me about my business, I'm like, oh, I had a blip in my health, and and that people will ask, like, what do you have? And I have Lyme disease. And some people, um, most recently somebody actually I had a scary situation with um the dating apps and I had to go off, but that guy basically said, Oh, I had to listen to you complain about your ailments. I'm like, I didn't complain. I just told you that I had a chronic illness. Um, so you, you get either, or where somebody else is like, wow, you, you know, that's so cool that you have a business because of something that was negative in your life and you know, yada, yada, yada. So I think at this point, I just like lead with it. I don't drink that much. Like, you know, I'm not going on seven mile hikes. Like, let's just be real and I'll put it out there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, you just, you just want to hope that the person that you go out with and is for you doesn't give a shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. yes. And I, and I know that deep down, but we, you know, I was just curious. It's fun. It's yeah. nice to have you know, camaraderie. Yeah, exactly. Camaraderie around, like, it's hard to bring up this stuff in conversation with someone you've just met. It is. It's, I also think that it would be so interesting. Like if I met somebody who was a medium, I would be like, oh, like I would, you know, but you're going to meet that person. You know what I mean? Like that's like fascinated by it and wants to ask you like a thousand questions. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I think the last person that I kind of fell for was always asking me questions about myself. And I was like, holy shit, 
people really want to like, you're not used to it. Cause like yeah. on these dating sites, I feel like I'm always the one asking. Yeah. yeah. And so now that person was just like very interested in me. And I was like, well, I'm not used to this, you know? Yeah. And so I think now I'll find that person. Now I know that, 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 that it's there somewhere. Yeah. Hopefully anyone into the universe. <laughs> yeah. That's it. We're yeah. Eclipse season. Oh, We're already in it now, but like May 26th and June 10th, there's two really powerful eclipses and they're all about manifesting. Mm. So this is a great time to re-anchor or get back into those apps or whatever. Like if you're going to do it, this is like the time of the year in 2021 to like get back out there with anything, whether it's dating or career, like you've been trying to apply to jobs or buying a house or whatever, trying to get pregnant or whatever it is. Like now the next six to eight weeks is a great time to reinvigorate that. If it's something that you've kind of gotten a little frustrated or, or, you know, I have a question. I mean, I, I, I that's, I, I believe in that, like, cause we could all manifest things during like an eclipse and things like that. But like, as far as like horoscopes and, you know, it, it's so, it's so general. So how does it, like, I'm, I'm a cancer. So how does, my horoscope apply to every cancer out there. Like, do you know what I mean? And I still read them. Like I still will be I, like, I'll pull the tarot, that app that you sent me and I'll pull the tarot and I'm tarot card. And I'm like, oh yeah. shit, today's going to be a bad day. Like, you know, no. like, <laughs> no, but I, I'm like, how does that apply to everyone? But yet, why do I still, why do I still read it? I believe it. Like, it's yeah. almost like you're, it's almost like if you read it in the morning, you're putting it out there. So sometimes I read it at night to see if anything actually makes sense. What I do is, and then I'll let you actually answer her question because I am not knowledgeable enough to answer your question. Um, I, every Sunday on the Chani app, I read like, gosh, I read the, you might not be able to see it on my screen with this, but I'll read like this first part, like right when you open the app um, that has, like your horoscope and then it has like the little things about like what yeah. basically it, it has have, a thing. no one can see it she can't see it no i know that's why now i'm just looking I at barely it, see it. I'm a no one can see it. I know. we're recording <laughs> I have it, so i know what you're talking about yes yeah, like that astro weather seven day forecast like i'll look at it and i'll be like okay may 16th it's gonna be an emo circus like great then i'm like well maybe not or like I don't know. There always has to be like a high vibe version of like every low vibe. Right. And I'll listen to like, um, my little like personalized reading. And then I just use the rest to like either meditate on or just try to be like thoughtful about, or like practice gratitude or like whatever it is. Um, but it is, it is hard. Like I know there's certain things where it like every day it'll send you something. And that's the stuff where I'm like, Oh God, like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but I also, do you know what your human design is? No, I don't even know what that is. <gasps> do you know what time you were born? I think at like three in the morning, like I was born because okay. my mom went into labor like July 4th and I came out like July 6th. It's a favorite story of hers to tell. It's like, took me two days to get you out. I'm like, okay. Like I, you know, it's like, I'm 40. Like let's relax. <laughs> no, but I think it was like three in the morning. Okay. Tonight when I can't sleep, I'm going to text you and I'm going to get your birth time and all of your stuff. Like, you'll be like, is she stealing like my identity? But no, I'm just going to do your human design. Okay, cool. I'm very curious. Anyway, so you can now answer her actual question. About astro so I'm going to quote my friend, Lauren, the modern astrologer who we've had on this podcast and we absolutely adore. She's amazing. 
she's the astrologer. So she, I love using, I love using astrology to help validate the things that I am channeling in for my clients. So I'll say things like, Oh, are you like 28 to 29 or 30? And they'll be like, yeah, I'm like, Oh, you're going through your Saturn return. And it'll talk about all about the things that are happening in their life and how it's a disruptor and how it's gets you back on your path and all these other things. Right. So, and she always preaches about how, you know, your sun sign is just one aspect of you and it's not even the deepest part. It's like how people kind of view you, but it's not how you view yourself or your truth, like how you relate to the world. That's your moon sign and your rising sign. So as Ali just mentioned, it's really important to be able to pull your whole birth chart and have your time of birth or time you were born on your birthday, because that will give you your rising sign and your moon sign, which help to speak. And you don't actually need the time of date for your moon sign, but, or the time, just the date. Um, But that will give you more insights into your truth and how you relate to the world versus just how others see you. Cause that's the sun sign. So I actually, when I go to horoscopes now, Lauren taught me this, I actually read my rising sign or my moon sign. I usually do my rising sign and that resonates like nine times out of 10, way more than my sun sign does. So Um, And again, I use astrology to just help validate what I'm receiving and channeling. I will say that I believe that astrology essentially shows us the energies that we're working with as co-creators with the universe. So I believe that we are manifestors and that we co-create with the universe to manifest our desires and the universe, meaning the planets, the sun, the stars, the sun, how everything's aligning. That's the energy that the universe is sending us to help us manifest. So that's why I love working with an astrologer around eclipses or new moons or full moons, because it'll show you in each individual like person where it's hitting your chart or your house or whatever. And that is where the universe wants to help you the most when manifesting or when creating in your life. doesn't mean you can't work outside of that. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, marry someone outside of whatever your highest thing, you know, you have free will, but it's, it's really useful in helping to align with the energies that are around us to, to work with us. So that's how I use it. And that's also, um, just what I found most helpful, but yeah. it's also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, it's also interesting once you like start looking into it, cause like my, or whatever my sign is, I'm an Aries, right. But I'm a Taurus rising and like Aries, you think like fiery and like whatever. And like eight times out of 10, I feel like when I meet new people, they're always like, Oh my God, I was so afraid of you before. And I'm like, I didn't <laughs> know that like people thought that of, I don't know, but it ha- it's happened like many times over. And then when I read like my Taurus rising stuff, which is more about like how I view myself mm-hmm. and like, Oh my God, that resonates so much more than like, I mean, I do like I'm Italian. I have a temper, like all the things, but yeah, I would like to don't think seem like, it that like, person. From, <laughs> you don't seem like you have a temper from like my, from my take from like me knowing, you, which is so funny, but well, I mean, like, friends, like we're, we're, you know what I mean? Like it's, but yeah. 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 I have more questions about a me like medium. So I guess, you know, my, my, I, I, I've, I've lost a lot of friends and family in the past. So my, my question about mediums and, and passing, are are you like, when you're connecting with somebody, like, is it like an in-between stage or their energy is there? Like, how is that? What, what, what is the, what is the reality here? Like, is what I want to know. It's not like ghost. Obviously, like it's not like side, kind of the what 
Like, what does she see on the other side? Yeah. Like what is, how are you connecting like with people? So I like to describe this as again, we're going to use, you know, 2021. So you have a phone, right? Sitting next to you on your computer, right? It is sending and receiving signals that are giving you emails and texts and phone calls and tech and Instagram or whatever, and notifications, right? You can't see those waves coming in or the, the messages coming through, but they are right. It's all around you. It's happening. And we accept this every day with our phones and our computers and all that. It's the same thing on the spiritual side with the things unseen. Our loved ones are sending us through vibrations, through, you know, you can think of it as like a signal to us that's unseen. And then it's up to us to interpret it, to to be able to like receive it, just like your phone interprets and receives these data messages, right? So it's, I like to think of it as a frequency to some, I guess, to make it really simple. It's also like the way now when I'm channeling, when a medium or an intuitive is channeling, I always describe it as like the old fashioned, like radio dials. And like, you know, those, like you're an old car or whatever, you got to get it like just right to really be able to receive it. So I'm raising my vibration energetically to like a higher frequency or consciousness and your loved ones are lowering theirs because they typically operate in very high frequency where we just don't see them every day. Like they're all around us, just like wavelengths and our data is flying all around. We just don't see it. Your loved ones are the same way. I raise my vibration, they lower theirs and we sort of meet in the middle to be able to communicate and share messages through me to you. That's what's happening in a session. Right. And then you're seeing signs, symbols, synchronicities in your life. It's exactly the same thing. You're aligning vibrationally for that split second or that moment with a sign or a signal that your loved one has sent you. So you're doing it. People do it all the time. They just don't even realize it. That's where if you're clairvoyant or clairaudient, or like you said, you slam the door and you're like, something bad's going to happen. That's you energetically being able to receive or feel information. Or like if you walk into a room and you can just feel it was a bad thing happened there, like a bad omen. That's you picking up on the energy around you using your clair senses. So like your clairvoyant, clairaudience, clairsentient, claircognizance. It's like the sixth sense that you can't physically see or touch, but you can sense it. Yeah. Um, so, cause I remember I was really little a friend's mom said to me that she said, like, when you die, it's like, you go to sleep. You don't know where you go. That has scared the shit out of me for my entire life. Like, I'm like, <gasps> because you know, like, we, like, I was just like, I, I want to, I want to don't say that to a kid. Like, no, I was, I was, and I was, I was little. And I remember I was like, oh my God. And I just think like, cause like you want to think that one day you'll see your loved ones again. And then part of me is like, like one of my friends who passed, I've talked so much shit about him since he's passed. Like I've literally <laughs> said the worst things about him since he's passed. And I always, I'm like, I'm not sure you're going to want to see me or vice versa. So like, but when you, when you do it, does it all that negative energy go away too? Or is it kind of like, do you know what I mean? Like I always think about that. So when, when someone transitions this comes through time and time again, they don't, they don't take all the low vibe emotions like fear, resentment, anger, shame, guilt, you know, they don't take those emotions with them. Those are low vibrations, emotions that we feel on earth, but you, they don't have those on the other side per se. Right now you can review your lessons. You can review the lessons you learned through experiencing anger or the lesson you learned through having that shame or, you know, the, karmic 
thing through having that bad experience or trauma happen to you, right? You can review those things on the other side, but you don't like carry those emotions around with you. Once you transition, it's nothing but really love. Cause that's, that's what we're here for is to experience that in a physical form, but we forget we forget that. And then we get dragged down by all the lower vibration emotions around us because they're so easy to get caught up in. Like fear is just such an easy, it's like wildfire. It's so easy to catch on to. It's harder to remember like the truest things such as love and communication and connection, that those are the real things that matter. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've had, I have had souls come through and apologize for something they've done or apologize for the way they acted or whatever to a client that's sitting with me. And they said, I see now the errors of my way, or I see that I didn't get it right. Or that I was so caught up in my own grief or my own ego or my own anger that I couldn't help you with yours. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. They, they will come through and say that, but it's not like they come through like crying to me, you know, from right. the other side, they just, that's just not what it is. Usually they show me the opposite of what their version of heaven or what the other side looks like. And it's usually doing their favorite activity, like all the time I'll be like, Oh, do they love golf? And they're like, yeah, that was their favorite thing. They spent every waking moment on the golf course. I'm like, well, that's their version of the other side. They're golfing 24 seven. They're like, Oh my God, I'm so happy for them. Like, that's what they'll show me. They don't show me their deepest, darkest things because that's, that's not something you carry with you. The lessons you do, the karmic, yeah the karmic like experiences and, and like, I guess lessons is the best word I can think of. You, you take that with you, but you don't take those low vibrations, emotions. It's not like you're coming through. Like I heard you were talking shit. Yeah. yeah they don't. Yeah. I mean, some, some, I mean, souls are funny. Like sometimes they'll come through and like make a joke or like laugh about something or say like, Hey, I don't like your shoes or whatever. Yeah, no, that's my biggest fear. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I really talked a lot of shit about this one person, but yeah, I, um, the other thing that I always think is interesting is, um, you know, my mom will always say, so like when my friend, when I was 12 passed away, one of the most beautiful things my mom had ever said to me, and I think it's cause she's spiritual and she actually, um, was religious growing up. And I think it t- is part of that. She always said that, um, when God takes, uh, somebody, too soon, like a young one, like a, a young kid, he was 12. He only meant to have him down here for a certain amount of time. And then he needed to bring him back up because he was one of his angels. And that always stuck with me as something really pleasant. But then my mom will say things like also like, you know, so, so-and-so is going to make it happen for you. Like I pray to your grandparent, they're going to have, and I'm like, is that a thing? Like is the people that are surrounding their energy, like, could they actually help you manifest what you're looking for? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's happened? Um, Sometimes like when I, I think it's, I mean, it goes back to like Lyme or being in the hospital. Like, you know, I, I have my grandmother's ring and I'm just always like, keep me safe. Like, it's always like, keep me safe. And I feel like if she's there with me, she's going to keep me safe because in my mind, my grandmother is like, bitch, no, no one is going to put her through more shit. You know what I mean? Like, she's very supportive of me. And same with my friend, Eric. I think that he, he was always really encouraging, like with like a lot of things in my life, but more in a way of like, suck it up, buck up, like, you know, and so I feel that energy. Um, but it goes back to dating. Like, I'm like, would my, I feel like my grandmother was so interested in my love life when she was alive. I'm like, would she, would she attempt to get involved now? Probably not. She's like, it's too, like in my mind, she's like, this is too complicated. You know what I mean? Like whatever's going on is too complicated, but I, I always think that it would be interesting if that were the case, you know, where someone's like, I'm going to help you out because you're not doing it right. You know? So, 
Well, I love that you asked this question. I haven't shared this in a while, but this is what I say to the skeptics or the people who are like, I don't believe in what you do. And I'm like, that's fine. But here's the thing, whether or not, like I, I fully believe what I'm doing and I don't necessarily believe in the statement, but just for the skeptics out there, whether or not you believe in what I'm saying or whether or not someone else that I'm sitting for believes, if it helps them on their journey and it, and it shifts their mindset, like to your point, you were saying your healers really helped you change some of your negative thoughts and things like that. If it helped, if what I'm saying helps you to shift your mindset and helps you heal and makes you feel better, then who cares if it's not true? Mm-hmm. Like right. who cares if I'm like literally like was making something up? I mean, I don't believe that I am. There's too many things that like, even my, my favorite are the ones where my clients don't know where like I channeled for someone once and I was like, your grandmother's here. And she's like, both my grandmothers are alive. And I kept slipping and she goes, it's my grandfather. I said, no, it's your, it's your mom's mom. And she's like, no. And this whole reading, I kept saying her grandmother, grandmother, grandmother's passed. Well, she left, went home, called her mom and was like, this is so weird. This medium kept thinking your mom was gone. My Grammy was gone, whatever. Like I was, I told her she was wrong. And her mom got so silent. She was like, well, she passed yesterday. I just haven't told you yet. Oh my God. So like, that's where I'm like, I can't make this up because I will have clients like denying things to me that I'm wrong and things that they don't even know that I come through and it ends up being true. Right. So like, those are the things where it's like, now she like, she won't come see me again because she's too scared. But, But the fact that it helped her in that moment to know when she did find out that she passed, that she was okay, that she was in a good place. Cause that's what I said, the whole reading. So those are the things I'm like, you can't make this up. So I fully believe in what I'm doing, but even if someone doesn't, if it helps that person, then who cares, right? That's one piece of it. And the second thing I will say is that um, as someone transitions, they go through a life review process, which is when um, each soul looks at what they planned. So you you have a soul plan or a loose blueprint Mm -hmm. of like kind of how you want or the lessons you want to learn in your lifetime, the experiences you want to go through. You plan all that out. You come in as a soul and then, you know, shit hits the fan. <laughs> you get here and you're like, whoa, this sucks. Um, but anyways, when you transition, you go back and look at, okay, this is what I planned. These are the lessons. And this is what actually happened. And oftentimes to heal some of the karma from a life lesson, they'll come back and help their loved ones that are still alive with that same lesson. So for example, if someone struggled with love or relationships, they'll come through to help their loved ones to not make the same mistakes they did. Or if someone was really known for, let's say their career, like they were an entrepreneur and they built an amazing business and the family still owns it. They'll come through and say, my part of my karma or my community service on the other side is to continue to help like, you know, you or the client with their business, because that was something that they were really good at. And they want to continue to share that energy and that work. So yes, they can come through and certain souls will kind of like assign or take on loved ones to help with certain tasks. And it usually relates back to something they were really good at or something that they didn't get right. And they want to help their loved ones not to make the same mistakes. Oh my God. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That is neat. Yeah. It's really, it's, I mean, and they don't like, I have like a grandmother who I think just helps me with everything, right? Like she's someone I call on for like anything, big, small, little, a parking spot to like finding love or whatever. Um, so they can help with there are some that can come through and just be like a guardian angel type energy and help you with literally anything in your life. But sometimes they'll assign themselves as souls to like for certain tasks and things. So great. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I got, I, I would want to know. Um, yeah. Like it makes me want to like talk to so many people right now. I'm like, are you there? Like what's going on? Tell me. You know what? Not Casey, but do you have a C or K initial like Katie or Catherine who's passed like Carrie? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Maybe it is Casey then, but I thought it was somebody else. Do you have a Kate or Kathy? 
Oh, I do. I I do know a, a Kathy, but with a, uh, a C, not a K. What did I just say? Do you know a C or a K name? So C, Kathy. Yes. Um, yes. My Kathy my, with a C. Yes, I do. Sorry. She. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound that aggressive. I was like, did I not I know. say that? I'm like, was I listening? I will Cause I, I, now I'm, I know, I know I'm like, oh yeah, I do know a Kathy. Yes. Okay. Okay. She's passed. This person's passed. Yes. Yes. Okay. She's for some reason, stepping, well, I shouldn't say for some reason, she's like really loud in my ear. She's been talking to me like this whole time, especially around dating with you. When you were talking about the dating, she kept like chirping in my ear and I was like, I'm not, I'm going to wait till she opens up for it. So for she's helping you with love. Was she, was she not married in this lifetime or was she, did she get divorced or something in this lifetime? She was married. She was married. Okay. Well, she wants to help you to find love. That's one of the things that she's assigned her talking about being assigned for souls. She wants to help you find like your great love in this lifetime. So you can call on her for assistance with this. Was she a friend of yours? Like a non-family member? No, I mean, she, I, the only Kathy that I know is one of my really good friends, mothers. Uh, yeah. So non-family, right? So oh, she's a friend's mom. Yeah. She's not one of your family members. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, if she came through, I would just assume that she would come through to like talk to her daughter because they were so close. But I do know that the last time I saw her, um, she said to me, we were at dinner and she said, um, everyone's going to, she said something along the lines of like, honey, everyone's going to start getting divorced and that's when they're going to come and get you. That's, it. that's exactly it. And I said, I'm just about to say, I think the person, if, if she was a divorce or you're not, I mean, I don't think you're divorced. The person you meet is probably divorced. I think they're going to have left a really toxic relationship and be looking for someone that's, um, really wanting commitment. This person that's coming to you is healing from a really rough breakup and, where they, they think they, they believed marriage was for life or is for life. And so they're looking for that in this next relationship. So it's funny because as much as you want commitment, you believe in that you're almost gonna be scared by the level of commitment that this person wants, but your level of vulnerability in the relationship is what's going to, um, I don't know what the like set the space or like, I guess, bring you comfort to know this is the right person for you. So you can't put up walls when you meet this person. Is that something you tend to do sometimes is like put up a little bit of an emotional wall around your heart sometimes? Yeah. If it takes a while for you to open up to someone like truly. Like- uh, it doesn't take me a while to open up, but it takes me a, like, it, I'm, I'm more like, um, I don't believe like, I'm not like a believer of like that, that person is a solid thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm always waiting it for it to go away. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yep. And this person's going to see past that and scare you a little bit with how much they want to stay. And then you're going to be like, well, is this real? You're still going to be like, you're still going to be questioning like, is this person legit? Even though they're going to show you. So she's reminding you to just, um, trust your gut, follow your intuition and you have to let the walls down. You have to like, let some, let people in, let people yeah. in. And I see you meeting someone between 41 and 42. And is your birthday in, what's, how do you count with the month of April or fours, like fourth of a month? Like, like, um, April 4th is the last guy I saw's birthday. Oh, okay. And April 5th is my father's birthday. Is he still alive? Mm -hmm. Okay. So someone on his side is just acknowledging him and saying hello. Cause I felt like it was in birthday in April and then four, four was the last guy. Okay. You're not talking to him anymore, right? The guy, the last guy you dated? Like kind of them, like here and there, but not like, not in a romantic way at all. 
not in a romantic way. Okay. Um, more like I need to let go of it for sure. I was about to say, I feel like he's still in your energy field. So if it's not romantic, it's not going to work. I think you just need to set the intention or cut the cord and say, okay, I'm complete with this. And oh God, this is a perfect segue. I've been doing this recently, this work for myself in releasing past relationships and not remember, like imagine a soul contract, right? Like you have a contract, you sign it, the other person signs it, right? That's a contract. Duh, right? Yeah. That's how we do contracts. <laughs> I've always, well, I've never thought about this. And I like meditate this in and I was like, oh my God, mind blown. I always cut cords releasing the other person from our contract, but I, I never like imagine erasing my name from it. And so it's almost like I've been holding out hope in an energetic way for some of my exes or some of the things that didn't work out. Not that I ever want to get back together with them, but it's like, I'm not free from that contract because I didn't take my own name off of it. So imagine when you're cutting cords, not only cutting cords or like releasing the persons whose birthday is on April 4th from the contract between the two of you, the soul contract, but also releasing yourself saying, I'm done with this contract. I'm complete with this soul. And with this intention that I had with this soul and like, imagine like ripping up the whole thing for both of you, not just the other person. But yes, I do feel like when you release him or kind of let that go, the guy's going to come in hot behind him. Something around August time feels really good for you. So I don't know if you're going on a trip or like doing something else around that time, but August feels like a good like window mm. for you. So. Yeah, I like it. No, I, I, it's weird. Cause like, I feel with that particular scenario, I, I don't know if it's cause I've been in a pandemic or I've been like, I, I'm the one who broke it off and I'm mm -hmm. the one who can't let it go. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and, and I think it's because he opened me up to like such like happiness and things that I forgot about myself. Yeah. And so everyone thinks I'm like dead crazy that I even talk to this person and I even feel crazy for it. Um, but I, I can't, I, I don't know why I haven't like cut the cord completely. I, and I ever get back together with him. No, he lives in number one. He lives in, he doesn't live here. And okay. I going to stop you right there. Geography is not enough of a reason to date or not date someone because geography is temporary. So if people blame geography on a breakup or if they break up because of geography, there's always bigger underlying reasons, but that is not a big enough excuse not to date someone. So that's not a reason. So what are the other reasons? I think the biggest reason is his feelings for me weren't my feelings for him. That's it. It means okay. as simple as that's that. Fair. That's and, fair. And, and, and that's completely okay. And we yes. knew each other a very brief time and it wasn't like, it wasn't what I, like, I thought it was bigger than what he ha happened to think, but we had a conversation where he was like, no, no, I was there with you. I felt the same way. And he acknowledges it, but he's had other relationships since and he's moved on and I'm, I'm stuck. I mean, I, I'm also been alone for a year. So you're just like in this like weird warp. Yeah. Um, but it's not like I haven't dated and I haven't met other people, you know, like I've done my due diligence. I just haven't had that chemistry with somebody new yet. And I think like they say, you know, you need, you need to get under somebody to get over somebody. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, technically. Yes. I suppose. Yes. Just need to get under the, like the right person, I guess. No, but, um, well, yeah. I, in my experience, that hasn't helped me very much. Like not that I'm running around, like, you know, having rebound guys all the time, but I mean, who is, it, no, I, I mean, I'm too old for that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, so oh God, give me a break, but no, I, I don't know. I, I definitely, um, it's funny. I mean, that's funny that the 
Kathy, the last time I saw her, she did say like, someone, they're going to find somebody. They're going to be divorced. But yep. she, she was one of my really good friends, mothers. And um, she was great. Yeah. Was- I would say divorced or widowed. So don't only date people who are divorced. Like don't look for that in dating, but cause there's a chance he could be widowed. There's something about he lost like divorced or widowed. And it, I feel like it wasn't his choice. Like it was something out of his circumstances. So whatever it is, just know that that's the case. So whether the divorced or widowed, it feels like it wasn't his choice. So he's just really looking for like the full commitment in, in that. Okay. And do you have um, an initial who's passed? Like B? B is in like, I was gonna say Betty, but I don't think it's Betty. Barb or Barbie or something? Betty? God, I hope Dita's grandmother didn't die. Her name's Barbara. Oh, shut up. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, we're going to assume that went to her side of the family then. Okay. She's sick? <laughs> um, I mean, she's 93. Okay, well, that that doesn't matter. Okay. She's had some kind of weird, she didn't have COVID, but she's had some kind of weird something for a while now. I mean, I don't think she's passed. I just, okay. I don't, maybe they're just talking about her and like they're watching over her and they're okay. trying That's to, fine. trying to keep everyone safe. Okay. 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 I'll take, Hey, I'll take that. And is your, you said your mom's mom is passed. Yes. You said that. Yeah. You, and you talk to her a lot, correct? No. Um, more like my, my father's mom. Okay. Then it's that one because the grandmother I just picked up on says you, she talks to you all the time. So she's like, I don't really need to talk to you. That's what she just said to me. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> Just thought I'd ask. I mean, I see you standing there, so I thought I'd mention it. <laughs> I talked to, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I think of she her. She's the N lot. name? Is she the N initial? Uh, like, no, she's an R. Yeah. Who's the N initial she'd be with? Do you know, like a Nancy or Nick or Nicole or something? Or like, it's like, it feels like an N name. Is that someone's last name or maiden name? It could be like Noel, like N-K-N-O or something or. Uh, table it. You can just table it. Okay. No. Oh. or what happen? What always happens to me is then I call or I I'll see Cindy and then come to my mom and I'm like do we know so and so and so and so and my mom will be like yeah like <laughs> da, 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 or whatever so. well I'm gonna go back to her really quick she's mentioning an N initial just table it like I don't know you can ask your dad or something um but she's very proud of you she loves you very much um she's just showing me that this next year is going to be very different for you than it than the past years have been and she's also reiterating everything you were saying about balance and having fun and spontaneity and relaxing and stuff she's saying you need to do that for yourself too don't just wait for a person to have that excuse you are the excuse you are reason enough to go do those things do you understand that i 100% understand that i literally i say that to myself every every day. I literally just said that to my friend, Steve, because I was looking at the April 4th guy. And I'm like, I feel like when I look at his post, I'm not living my life. I'm mm-hmm. not doing the things that I should be doing. And there is an element of like, well, when I have that person, I'll do it with him. Yeah. There you go. And yeah. so like, I'm like, I should be going to the beach more. I should be doing this stuff and I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Like I pulled up and I've stopped. I literally just booked a trip for the first time to like go on vacation with my friends in like years. I don't, I don't remember the last time, like I took a vacation. I'm so excited after that. Is that this summer? Is that like in July or something? July, August? Yeah. yeah. July. After that is when you're going to meet the guy. You need to go on that trip. You need to experience that for yourself. And then the guy's going to come in. My God, I can't wait. Yeah. You you and I, every Thursday morning, baby, now we're going to hold each other accountable for balance. (laughs) Yeah. That's me. The first question on that. (laughs) 
And I love that she said something you were just saying. You were just saying, because I'm telling you, she said, I talked to you all. She literally said to me, I talked to her all the time. I don't need you. That's what she just said. That's what she said to me. So just know that she hears you. She's listening to your hopes, your dreams, your conversations, your thoughts, your prayers, (laughs) your wishes. She hears it all. So just know that she, you, she's got you. She's got you. She rose. How do you catch with roses? No, um, no, her name is Ruth, but I, oh my God, this is so weird. So I did a thing for my dad and I was trying to make it rhyme from about my grandmother. And I was like, oh, I put the name Rose instead of Ruth. And my dad's like, my mom's name is not Rose, Tracy. And I was like, I, okay. And I, oh. That's it. So she saw that and she's just commenting. She's showing me that name. It's fine. She loves it. So she, roses are a sign for you. And she saw that you wrote that note and she it loves it. There's just something com- uh, something fun that she wanted to let you know. I love when they bring up validations or things that you were just doing or something you did. One that I would never know, but two um, more recent because then you know they're still with you. They're with you every day. That was that was a while ago. I did that for. Well, the that's okay. I mean, yeah, but no, I mean it's and I also every Sunday I get roses. There you I, go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's my one thing that I have to do every Sunday for me. Love it. So just know that that's also her sign for you. And she's with you every Sunday when you're doing that. She loves it. I love that. I love that too. Oh, Ruth. She's great. Tracy, every Monday I go and I buy myself tulips. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are we the same person? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I I have the my... people listening, they can't see it, but there's a, oh, oh my gosh, they're, they're beautiful. You guys are they're each showing their roses oh and their God. tulips in the Zoom oh, yeah, video are, chat. Guys. Anyone listening can't see it, but yes, I will validate. They both have their flowers so of choice. Funny. It's, it's what, funny. it's funny that you say, okay, like you need to go do things for yourself. Like the one thing that I've kept for myself, like I was like, I will not give this up. Like, because even during the pandemic, I'm like, you have to go to the farmer's market. It's the one thing that makes you super happy. I go, it's like 20 minutes. I know Oscar, my coffee guy. I know the flower people. Like it is the one thing that I do for myself. And now because it's so fast and I try to get there early before people are there, it's like 15 minutes and whatever, but is I won't give it up because I don't do anything else for myself all, all day, every day. Everything is about work and you know, like, you know, so you have to have your yeah. one thing. You yeah, yeah. It's one thing for now. I mean, hopefully it'll be more, but yeah. Yeah. isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. Uh, well, they love you. They're watching over you. Well, I love that. That's great. The, that Those are the big things. They kind of backed okay. off. Uh, oh, why, why are you looking at her? No, I well, she, just... she whispered, I don't know if you heard, she whispered and said, is there anything else? And I was like, they kind of just backed off. So I don't know. They got I mean, their message out. I mean, those are the big things, you know, in 15 minutes I had that they wanted to share for you at this time. So. I'll take anything. My God, you want to call, you want to call me and like, you're like, Oh my God, Ruth is bothering me. I'm like, I'll take it. Like, <laughs> I love, I love that. And I love and it's So what you were saying before, like when I went to a medium medium out here and like, there are skeptics and like, you know, sometimes you just don't say anything, but she was, she had mentioned a friend of mine. And one of the things she said, and I'm like, cause people are like, it's so vague. And like, you don't know, everybody loves you. Like, you know how you say everybody loves you, supports you, whatever. But she made a joke that only he would know. Yeah. And he, and he, it was something regarding his ass. He said something like my ass is my, my ass finally grew back. And cause when we were in college, I was like, oh my God, you like the biggest ass for a guy. Like he just had a big ass, like for such like a regular sized dude, like he had a big ass. And so then when he got sick, we joked about how he lost his ass. And so when I met with the medium, I mean, like, this is a thing that like, sh- this is what came through. She said, 
he wants you to know that he got his ass back. I'm like, oh my God. And like, I was like, I mean, it's funny. And then you're like crying because you're like, yes, like it's him. That would be only him. It's not like you're going to read that somewhere, like, you know, on a blog that I wrote. Like, there's no way. So I love that. I love that shit. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, that's why one, I do the work they do, but that's why I also asked, like when I asked validations from your loved ones or your guides, that it'd be something specific that like no one else would know, or that it's not anywhere else, or it's an inside joke, or it's a nickname that no one, that no one would know. Those are the things that are so meaningful to come through as validations and evidence. So yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Cause I feel like you going on a date you're going to, I feel like for you, you're going to find somebody who finds this as fascinating as like I do. And they're going to be like, they're going to be like, can you tell, can you tell my grandma to get away so I could kiss you? You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like, let's, let's just, let's just make sure that no one else is around. Like they're going to be so into it. I just, they have to, I think it's such a cool thing. It's such a cool thing that you could connect. And, and also I, I think people don't realize that even though you are a medium and you could connect with people, there's also the spirituality of seeing things that could heal other people. Exactly. I don't think people put those two together. So when they hear medium, they're like, oh, you're Whoopi Goldberg. No, I actually can be actually very healing to those that are sick and are trying to get well or, and and not just physically sick, mentally sick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Oh, yeah. That's what I, we talk about this a lot. Like I believe all disease in the body is dis-ease of the soul and you need the Western medicine to treat the physical body. Cause if you're in pain, you got to get back to equilibrium. But if you're not treating the emotional spiritual or mental thing that led to the physical in some way, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're just treating the symptom and not the underlying thing. So yeah. And that's where, you know, I'll say things that people haven't even been able to articulate themselves or haven't realized themselves or brought awareness to, or, you know, shifted a limiting belief or whatever, but yeah, it's, it can be, it's very healing work in a lot of ways. It's just still a big, I mean, it's getting more mainstream, but it's still kind of a stigma. I had someone DM me this week and they were like, I think this is the devil's work. And I'm like, cool, you DM me, but cool. It's <laughs> like, Thanks. all Thank right. You. Thank you. Thank you for that. Can Listen, I help you with something? That, that's like when I get a customer, like, and I, I am no joke. I run a business. We ship nationwide. I taste every fucking soup that goes out. It's quality control. I want to make sure every soup is getting made the same way. And it tastes as good as I, I created them. Yeah. And I got an email from a woman one time. And she was like, you know, your summer minestrone tastes like dishwater. Thank you so much for your email. Thank you so much. I just had the worst day of my life. This put the cherry on top. But why? Why do you have to email me that? What can I do? And like, I want to be like, I taste them all. Like what? So people are just amazing. But I've said this to you. Why are people such assholes? Like why? Because it's easier to be an asshole than it is to be kind. Jesus Christ. But this is why I don't talk to anyone. I talk, like, I talk to too today, many people. <laughs> today I was working with my naturopath and we were doing like a, she was doing a remote thing. And she's like, what's your disgust like with the world right now? And I was like, everything. And that's what I said. I was like everything and like everyone, including myself. And she goes, well, we need to address your, the yourself thing, but yes, to all the other stuff. So let's talk about the self-disgust. First. You know what? I, no, she said about the other stuff. She's like, why do you hate? I was like, uh, and we, it was funny. It was this funny. is as I get older, but two things, one, um, Peter, my healer always talks about what you were just talking about, how your body is your vessel. Like you need to treat it well. You need to like, make sure that it's doing well, motorized, like all that stuff, but your vessel carries 
your energy, like you need to whatever. And it's like all those things that he says to you, you're like, ah, I get it. It's not about healing you physically. It's like, kind of like you have to do the work as well mentally. Yeah. Um, that's one, but two, um, not one of the things that I've realized now that I'm getting a little bit older, even though I feel like I'm 25, um, <laughs> is I hate having friends who constantly play devil's advocate. I'm like, no, no, yes. I just need you to be my friend right now. I just want you to hear me. Don't give me your opinion. Don't play devil's advocate. Just be my friend and being like, you're right. You're crazy, but you're fully right. I think in now in those moments, like when you call somebody and you're like, so-and-so happened and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, just to play devil's advocate here. I'm like, fuck off. Like, no, like that's yeah. where I'm at. Like, that's where I'm at with people. I'm like, yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I always am the person that will listen to support you when you make terrible choices, yeah. terrible choices. But when I do, you're just like, mm. so yeah. I, that's my like cutoff of people I, now. I think there's this huge healing coming up collectively around everyone, male, female, mother, daughter, child, parent, whatever, grandparent of not being able to speak your truth for so mm -hmm. long. And I think that because in so many areas of the majority of mainstream and we're in America, right? In the United States, where you're told to just shut up, do your job, mm -hmm. sit down, like you're replaceable, all those things, you don't have a voice that when you have a friend or someone who will listen, people just feel like they have to share. Or again, on social media, where there's no consequences of actually feeling the reaction or receiving the reaction from that person, people are just spewing whatever they want because they don't have a voice anywhere else. Right. And there's no consequences for it. You know, I truly believe that if a lot of people, especially on social media actually were face to face with that person, I don't know that they would say all those things or say it in that way because it's a human being, but it's so easy when it's just a, a or machine or a phone or an email. Yeah. yeah. To say that. And I just remember when I was in the corporate world, I was so angry at everybody all the time. And now that I'm in my own job, I look back at that time in my life and I'm like, no one listened to me. And that's why I got so frustrated because I would say the same things over and over again. And like a male, or I was in a very male dominated society, but a guy would say the same thing and they'd be like, oh, that's brilliant. And I'm like, I literally look around the room and be like, I just, I sometimes by the end when I knew I was leaving, I started calling him out and be like, I literally just said those same things. And they're like, oh, you did? And I'm like, you guys are just, you have a block. Like it just, it was so frustrating. So yeah, I was kind of angry sometimes or felt like people weren't listening to me, but that's because I didn't have a voice anywhere. No one- no one valued, no one valued me at all. That's how I started this whole journey is because one day I woke up in bed and I was like, no one's going to care if I don't get out of bed. No, no one's going to like, no one's going to miss me. Like my job is going to continue to go on without me. And that's when I was like, whoa, those are not good thoughts to have. So yeah. speaking of mental health awareness, like this month, which I assume this yeah, episode is going to come out yeah. fairly soon. It's like, those are the things we have to catch yourself and be like, okay, like I need help. All right. Yeah. I think I need to go talk to someone or this isn't working anymore because that's not how I want to feel. Or that's not the first thought I want to go through my head when I wake up in the mornings. Right. And it's just so easy when you don't feel like you have anyone to talk to, to like get in that mindset. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It is. No, I, I did like, I worked in TV for 17 years and I worked and I love TV. I love it. And I love the process and I love sitcoms. I love actors. I love this. And then it got to a point with what I was doing where I was in a booth for 12 to 14 hours a day. And I'm, I have such great relationships with the people that were, they're called below the line. You're either above the line or below the line, above the line are actors, executive producers, and then below the line. When I was an assistant to an, to a director, 
I talked to all the above the line people and I got to know a lot of the network execs. It was a great, it was a great experience and a great atmosphere. But as soon as I became below the line and I would come downstairs and talk to my, you, you feel this like hierarchy of like, should I talk to this person and this and that? And then you get to a point where you're like, I, why, why do we feel this way? Why do we have these insecurities? Like when, you know, when I was down here sitting on set, reading scripts with everyone, it was, it was fine. But now that I'm working as a video switcher, like you just, you feel a little different. And I didn't, I, I don't miss it as much working at suit because it's my own company. I get to make my own decisions. The environment is like, I try to stay positive, especially with the people that I hire. I miss the camaraderie of TV and I miss the sitcom aspect of it. But when you land on a show like the new Christine, old Christine or whatever, that's like one in a million. Because a lot of the times you're you're on a show that nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows your name. They don't care who you like. I worked on shows for seasons at a time and people don't remember who I am. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I worked, I worked on, on like for th two seasons on your show. I saw you at craft service. Whereas now, which I find interesting, which I'm learning about myself is through this whole process, when I started my um, business, I had two women who helped propel it. Mm -hmm. They were really invested in it and they believed in it and they saw it and they saw it for what, and the three of us knocked it out of the park. And I developed such personal relationships with them and I loved them dearly. And I could write a script based on their personalities. And I, when they both left and they both left recently, one moved away and one moved on to a different career. It was like, it, you know, you, you feel, you feel like emotionally stressed over it because one, you feel like, holy shit, they're leaving you. It's almost like a breakup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And then two, you're like, holy shit. Now I have to replace these people that were completely competent in this this business that's still in the infancy. Yeah. And so what I've been finding this entire year, which I'm struggling with is I've been bending over backwards with people in kindness mm -hmm. and giving them such high levels of respect mm -hmm. um, because that was what was shown to me in TV and um, I'm not receiving it back. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm at a place where I have like three, three solid employees and we all really respect each other and we all really like each other. And I don't want to hire anybody out. Like now I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm not hiring anybody else that doesn't want to work here and makes me feel bad about it. Where this whole year I've been bending over backwards and saying like, whatever, they're skilled, they're fine, like whatever. And now I'm just like, no, not anymore. I've been so disrespected and so like blatantly like blown off as if I'm nobody by employees. And you're just like, what? Like <laughs> I'm giving you a fucking job and you're making me feel like shit. And so, but that's, that's the, the, like, that's what, like, I can't get, I can't wrap my head around it is like that there are people out there, but I, because I've been worked in a solid industry for 17 years where the respect, like I'm a video switcher and there's so much respect for that. Yeah. And so the, so even if I complain about being a video switcher in TV and how you're below and above the line, there's a respect that you did this job. We're going to hire you again. And we know that you can do it. Whereas in the, the cooking industry and, and what I'm doing now, which is so new to me, it's complete flakiness. And it's like, fuck you. I can leave whenever I want. And I'm like, wait, what? Cause that's just not, that's just not how I've, it's just people. 
it's just a different kind of group of people. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm not being treated this way. Like I'm done. And that's taken me like a whole year to realize, which is crazy. Maybe that's why you though, like, not that anyone should have to put up with that or like deal with that bullshit or whatever, but it's like, maybe that that's why it happened. So you could get to this point and be like, okay, now I'm not going to tolerate this. Like, I'm not going to be treated like this anymore. And like, this is how it's going to go moving forward. Like with mutual respect, you feel like, yeah. we, you know, with different things, it builds up and then you either explode or you're like, you know what, this doesn't have to be how it is moving forward. You know, I can work with people I love and that respect me and believe in me and you know, whatever it is, but. Well, it's hard. Yeah. And it's hard to go from that to not having that and then to be building that up again. Yeah. Um, So it's really, it's, it's been such an interesting process because it's almost like you're questioning yourself and you never, you never really had to question yourself. Yeah. So yeah. uh, But yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like I'm being taught a lesson, like, and I, like, that's, that's how I look at things now. And I don't know if this is correct or not. And you guys could tell me you're more spiritual than I am. Oh, I don't know about that. that. Yeah. Guys. You got all your suit. You got all your lovely like Cindy's got, got a leg up on all. And of I'm us. like jealous of all your jewelry having a meaning. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I bought this for myself. Like, I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> well, no, I feel like there's a there's a purpose. There, there's a purpose. And so like the, the April 4th guy, for example, I'm like, what's his purpose? What was his purpose for me? And the thing that keeps ringing true is to remind me to do things for myself in my head. That's, that was what his purpose was. And so I do think that with the people that I, I have hired in the interim in, in the kitchen, they served a purpose yeah. so they could walk all over me and I could be like, oh no, let me get back to me because yeah. my old me would never fucking put up with this shit. Yeah. And now like I'm here again um, and I'm with some really great people, which is really exciting. So I'm like really happy about that. But well, um, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like when I hear like shit like that, or like when I hear shit with Cindy, like people questioning her as a medium or a date or whatever, I'm like, but what it boils down to is like, regardless of like whatever industry you're in, like you're both like very successful female entrepreneurs and like that's something to be respected and like celebrated, right? It's like, why do we get so nitpicky on like the subject or like how it's done? It's like, no, you're, you're a bad bitch and that's how it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, it just makes me crazy when I hear shit like that. You have to remind yourself, you have to, you have to remind yourself about it. And I, maybe you're Cindy, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm nice. Uh, I think that sometimes that is a, I'm nice up until a point. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't talk to my family because I'm like the bitch of the family, but, but like, I feel like I'm nice to my friends, to people that I work with. I am, I'm nice and I care and I care a lot. And I think that sometimes that that gets in the way of like being shocked when somebody is like mean or disrespectful or like whatever, or doesn't know my name on set. I'm like, wait, you know, cause like, I definitely think that I, I care a lot about people and I'm nice. And I feel like sometimes because you're so nice and you, you do that, you get walked out all over and then you forget, wait, wait, I started this company. Yeah. I, I was, I work at this company and I still work in TV. Like, you know, everything, everything that you do, even as a medium, like, you're just like, no, no, I, I run my shit and you tend to forget it because you're like, somebody just said on your thing, like that you're the devil, like <laughs> you're doing devil's work. You're yeah. like, it takes like one person to be like, wait, question the fact that you have yeah. done such great work. 
Yeah. It sucks that that happens. But my dad always says, and I love that he says this, you should never be surprised at people being me. Uh, I always, when somebody's really nice, I'm like, that guy was so nice. And my dad is always like, why are you surprised that that person's nice? You should be surprised when somebody's an asshole. Yeah. Like that, that should be, you know, the abnormal. Yeah. yeah. But no, I when, I when anyone's really nice, I'm like, oh my God, that, that yeah. person. And he was like, why do you, like, that should be normal. Yeah. Yeah. It should be normal. He's right. Yeah. So I don't know. But more kind of. That's the ending message is just more kindness in the world is what we need. Until, until you mess with the wrong person and then it just becomes bitchiness. Yeah. Well, if people weren't assholes, we wouldn't have that problem. (laughs) Oh my God. Guys. Nice. Like everyone here, (laughs) we wouldn't have so many problems in the world. You know, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot. Well, lots we'll, of solutions though too. We'll solve those problems one day at a time. Yeah, I was like, lots of solutions out there. While eating soup. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. eat well, as much soup as you possibly can. <laughs> but only but, if it's from gracefully fed. Only if it's from gracefully fed. Yes. Uh, well, Tracy, thank you for spending your Friday night with us. Um, for anybody listening, I am not going to give you a personal. Of course, I have to plug the business Instagram. You can find Tracy at gracefully fed on Instagram and gracefullyfed.com. We will see you next time. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thanks guys. My gosh. We did.